0: Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Every year, El Cajon residents call 911 about 16,000 times. But officials say about a third of those calls aren't true emergencies and don't require ambulances or fire trucks. The El Cajon City Council voted unanimously last week to set aside $300,000 for a pilot program that would divert some emergency calls to nurses. Blake Nelson covers East County for the Union Tribune. Blake, thank you for being here. Would you give me some background on this idea? Where did it come from?
1: So a couple different cities around the country have started trying to reimagine how they handle 911 calls. Um, The first one I'm aware of is Richmond, Virginia, back in 2004. Um, But Washington, D.C. launched A similar diversion program in 2018. San Bernardino County is going in the same direction. And so, while this isn't, we're not talking about more than a handful across the country, um, more and more cities in the US are realizing we can't send ambulances and fire trucks to 100% of our 911 calls. A lot of them are not that serious, and we've got to figure out a way to basically redirect some of the less serious calls to other options like urgent cares or mental health clinics.
0: Well, tell me more about how this would work. So I call 911, maybe I don't have an emergency that rises to the occasion of sending out a fire truck and an ambulance, what would happen?
1: So already the dispatchers at the local 911 center will grade your call uh, based on seriousness. So if you, are, if you say I cut my hand uh, cooking, but there's not a lot of blood, while well, you'll still almost certainly get an ambulance or a fire truck, Uh, there's a good chance it might not rush there as fast as it's going to rush to someone else who's just been shot. But everyone's hands are pretty tied in that they still really have to send someone to you. And there's still a very good chance that you're going to be taken to the emergency department. Um, What this would do is if your call is graded as one of the less serious calls, you would be kicked to a triage nurse who would then ask you another series of questions about what's happening, what you're experiencing. Um, And if they determine, they may determine that the best thing for you is actually an urgent care, uh, or uh, a behavioral health clinic, or maybe just a doctor's appointment the next day. In theory, then that nurse can help you get an appointment with a doctor if you don't have a doctor, can connect you with a clinic uh, nearby that accepts walk-ins, um, and in theory, that nurse could also call you a Lyft or call you an Uber or call you a taxi, like they do in Reno. Uh, and then you could have a, a quick ride over. Because one of the things local officials are saying is a lot of the people who are calling 911 are, are not really calling because it's an emergency; they're just calling because they don't have a ride to uh, to a clinic. And so, if if they can if they can figure out a way to set these rides up and to set up these clinic appointments, you know. This could be a viable alternative than the emergency department. What I will say is now calling and talking to uh, leaders at different cities around the country, this is where things can sort of start to fall apart if you don't have all if if you don't have a lot of things already in place. So, for example, if you don't like San Bernardino County doesn't really have a way to transport people through Lyft or Uber right now. Um, the ambulance is still really the only option. They're looking at changing that, but at the moment, that's still a work in progress. Richmond in Virginia got rid of their program because I was just talking to the guy who had, who had helped, uh, who was one of the people in charge of the program this morning. And he was saying at that time, they didn't have the relationships with urgent cares and other clinics that could take these patients on short notice. So there was no, yeah, you, you kicked these calls to a nurse, but then there was no there was still really nowhere else to send them. So for El Kahone's system to work one two of the things that will be really key is that they have good relationships with clinics around the region and that they have other ride options uh, besides just an ambulance.
0: Yeah, what have reactions to this idea been? I mean, in your story you noted there's a potential liability issue here.
1: So there could be. I've talked to the different leaders I've talked to around the around the nation haven't been too concerned on the liability front as long as the nurses are trained. There's sort of a protocol everyone's following as far as like everyone knows what questions to ask. The questions have been agreed upon by smart people as these are the right questions to ask. So, but that is a little bit of an open question. When a city councilman asked the city manager about potential liability for El Cajon. The city manager essentially said, this is still an open question, but we will make sure that the process that these calls go through is handled really, really well and by really, really well trained, experienced people. So that's a little bit of an open question still at this point. Um, But everyone, everyone I've talked to, health leaders and city leaders and stuff, are all sort of saying, this is where we have to go. There's no way we can just keep increasing call volumes and keep, keep upping the pressure on our fire trucks and our EMS and our emergency rooms. Um, but there are some pitfalls to, to reforming the system.
0: Yeah, I guess a part of the story that surprises me is it seems like there are a lot of adults that don't know when it's appropriate to call 911. I mean, mm-hmm. is, is public service announcements, you know, public messaging a part of this? Is there a more appropriate number to call if you simply need a ride to the doctor?
1: Yeah, so that Reno, especially, um, from what I'm told, did a really good job of uh, sending out public service announcements in the buildup to their, to their program being rolled out. Um, because I think, again, someone was just telling me from San Bernardino County, they didn't do that for, for a lot of reasons and it wasn't entirely their fault, but San Bernardino kind of had to rush their program out quickly, didn't have a lot of time to let people know, and then it just confused and sort of ticked off a lot of callers. Or like, why am I talking to a nurse? Why is why is it why are they not flashing lights in my driveway right now? Um, and so, I do think public education will be a key part of this um, for it for it to work because it, both on like what you can expect to call nine one one when you call nine one one. But yeah, also, I do think there are some alternative numbers. Um, that people could potentially call for this, but I don't what everyone keeps telling me is like we've done a really good job of educating the planet on like you have an emergency, call nine one one. but there's been less education on here are the specific things that qualify as an emergency. So that will be another huge part for making this successful.
0: Uh, will you talk more about the money aspect of this? So I mean this is looked at as a cost savings. What is it supposed to mean for the city of El Cajon?
1: Yeah, so in the short term, it just means they're going to be spending more money. Um, they've set us, El Cajon has set aside $300,000 just from their general fund. They're sort of, you know, or from their reserves, just a big pot of money. Uh, there's not sort of a sustainable plan to keep pulling money out of that pot for this going forward. What in theory, this is going to do is that $300,000 uh, which is going to go to paying nurses who can answer the phone and and maybe find someone, um, alternative transportation, alternative appointments. Uh, the theory is that that is going to save a bunch of people a bunch of money by reducing the number of ambulance trips, reducing the number of patients seen in the ER. City leaders are saying they hope the Grossmont Healthcare District, which oversees Sharp Grossmont Hospital, which is this huge hospital in the region, and American Medical Response, which is their ambulance company. City leaders are saying we hope those two groups are going to save so much money by us doing this that they will help us pay for this going forward or just pay for the whole thing going forward. Um, but that's that's entirely a, a hypothetical at this point. And this is also something other cities around the country are dealing with, especially those that used like federal money or federal bailout money during the pandemic to help pay for these programs. They're sort of looking at. They're they're hoping that the companies that are going to save money through this can pay them back later. But that is that remains an open question. The other thing that's probably worth noting is I just got some data from Washington D.C. and a little bit from Reno um, about how their how their ambulance trips were affected and their emergency room visits were affected. And it looks like those things do go down over time, but it's not an overnight thing. Um, A lot of stuff has to happen between public education and even like dispatcher education. Someone, I think it was a a deputy police chief, I believe on the East Coast, was telling me that one of their issues is that dispatchers keep forgetting that there's a nurse option. And so they just keep sending ambulances because that's Mm -hmm. what they've always done. Um, So I don't, I do think there is a possibility that El Cajon will save money but I don't think the public should expect this to happen immediately when they roll this out. It's going to take potentially several years.
0: Yeah, that reminds me, you know, the paper has written a lot lately about mobile crisis response teams when, you know, people in certain mm. cities are calling 911. We can send a team that doesn't include an armed officer uh, to mm-hmm. respond. Is, is this part of the El Cajon program or are they also using that, that program yet?
1: Yeah, the sheriff's, I just listened to a presentation from the sheriff's department about this. They are hoping to roll out mobile crisis response teams to East County in the coming months. Um, So eventually that could be another thing that maybe takes some of the pressure off other first responders, but that's currently not an option for El Cajon or its neighbors.
0: Okay. And how soon would this program be implemented?
1: So once... um, uh, Chief Sweeney told me that they need 90 days to roll this out once everyone signs off on it. So he hopes that this could start in July. Um, but again, that's a you know, that is not written down anywhere. It doesn't have to start in July. Um, that's just sort of best case scenario. So I I think residents could potentially expect some differences if they call 911 this summer. Um but that may be pushed back if it takes it takes a longer time to ink some of these deals with like nurse call centers or some of these other clinics.
0: Like anything else you want to add?
1: So many people who I've interviewed for these stories keep telling me that this, that this is the way of the future. Like that, that this is whether or not people, well, I shouldn't say whether or not people want it because I do think that this could really help a lot of people um, if they know that it's there and they know, they know what's happening. It sounds like a lot of different cities are wanting to move in this direction. Um, And so I think how well it's managed in El Cajon uh, could indicate how quickly some of its neighbors and some of the other places in San Diego County uh, move to adopt something like this.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting experiment. We'll definitely be following. Blake Nelson, East County reporter for the Union Tribune. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Christy.